feels weird after a week off. Welcome back, Danny. Welcome back, Tyler. This episode 127 of Fried Squirms, we will be talking about Ice Cream Man and not Swamp Thing. (laughs) Hopefully Swamp Thing next week. But I'm super excited to talk about this. But in the meantime, we've had two weeks off, but I have like shit all for news because I was sick anyway last weekend. Uh. And we might not have been able to record anyway. And I've been doing jack shit this weekend other than like going and eating fair food last night. So <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's cool, man. Yeah, I just came back from Seattle a couple of days back and had a really good time, dude. Caught a show. Actually, one of the highlights probably for the show and, you know, for me personally, was going to the Modern Pop Museum and getting to check out that horror exhibit they have. So that was really cool. So if you're in and around Seattle, check that out at the Modern Pop Museum. It's really yeah, worth yeah. it. Hell yeah. Yeah, you showed me a lot of pictures from that. Are they up on the gram? Not yet, yet man. Get I'm them up on the gram. That's some dope <laughs> shit. So, yeah. If you want to know what's there, by the time you hear this episode, they'll Oh, they'll be, be up, up for sure. So... Do you have any news? Like, I even, like, skimmed through the news news, and nothing, like, really blew my skirt up. I've got a few bits. So I'll start off on the TV side of the horror news. And leading off, this is an actual actress we've talked about before, and I'm speaking of Rochelle Eights. She is joining the cast of the Purge TV series. Now, if you're wondering who she is, she was one of the werewolves in Trick or Treat Still haven't checked out the Purge TV series yet. Yeah, kind of curious either. about it. Yeah. I did see that season two is going to explore more about what happens on the other 364 days of the year when they don't have the Purge. Right. So that should be pretty interesting, if nothing else. Okay. All right. The next little bit of news I see on the TV front is that Amazon has picked up Truth Seekers, which is a series starring Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That'll be cool. So I thought that was just, pretty neat. I just love seeing those two together anyway. So Yeah, no doubt. So we'll keep our eyes peeled the closer it gets to them launching that. And the last little bit of news, it's a movie we've reviewed with one of our friends, Justin. And I am speaking about Event Horizon. Now it looks like Adam Wingard is directing a series oh, for shit. Amazon. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. That was like last week that that broke. I forgot all about it. Yeah, so. uh, I'm super excited for that shit. For Amazon, you said? Yeah. Yeah, Amazon doesn't care about gore anymore. I watched through all of the boys. It gets fucked up. So nice. Oh, um, yeah. They might be able to give it some of the shit that we didn't see in the movie that got cut. Hey, so. I'd be okay with that if that's the case. All right, so jumping on to the movie side, this is a trailer that I've actually seen a little earlier this week. So for those who are curious, you can check it out, whether it's on YouTube, Bloody Disgusting, etc. But... There's an upcoming film starring Sean William Scott, and he stars as a vigilante who's carrying out justice in the film Bloodline. The previews look really good. looks really gory, super violent. Mm. So for those who are curious, it is getting a release in theaters and on digital and on demand. This is coming out September 20th of this year. What was that one you showed me? The Fanatic? Yeah, The Fanatic. Fucking Fred Durst made a fucking horror movie that looks really good. Yeah, starring Devin Sawah, who we've covered before on Idle And Hands. John Travolta. And John Travolta, yeah. So looks really promising, man. If nothing else, it's like it might be uh, Dude, that quite trailer a bit of looked good. Yeah. That trailer looked good. It has a little bit of a misery vibe to it. Yeah. Okay, so the next bit of news I have, this involves a film we've talked about a lot. We haven't covered it yet, but it looks like there's going to be a third installment for Tales from the Hood. 
Oh, okay. Sweet. So I know we've talked about the fact that there was a second one that came out, which is within the last year or so, mm-hmm. and uh, still haven't seen that one yet. But yeah, there's talks about filming a third one, so we'll see what happens with that. Next little bit of news I have involves Venom, and it looks like Andy Serkis has officially signed on to direct Venom 2. So for fans of Andy Serkis and or Venom, there's a confirmed sequel, so that's kind of cool. All right, Quentin Tarantino said that he isn't ruling out the possibility of his 10th movie being a horror film. So I know that's one of those genres that he kind of dabs his foot in just a little bit and then backs right back just out. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so if he goes full-blown horror, man, I'm going to be really intrigued by what happens with that. Yeah, that'll be something else. We'll see what actually happens. No doubt. All right, this is another film we've talked about a couple of times just because of the fact that the original cast is coming back. We've talked about the fact that John Krasinski is writing and directing, and that oh, film I'm talking okay. about is A Quiet Place Part Two. So the news that I have involves actor Jimon Hansu. He's replacing Brian Tyree Henry in the upcoming Quiet Place Part Two. So for fans of him, you will be seeing his face next year in that film. And the last little bit of news I have involves another film we've actually reviewed, and that is John Carpenter's Vampires. We talked about the fact that we're fans of Scream Factory. They are releasing their Blu-ray release in September of that, and it involves some really cool stuff. Some things like A Time to Kill Some Vampires, which is an interview with composer-director John Carpenter, producer Sandy King Carpenter, and cinematographer Gary B. Kibbe. There's a new Jack the Slayer, which is an interview with actor James Woods. There's a couple other interviews that involve actor Thomas Ian Griffith, special effects artist Greg Nicotero, the actor Tim Guinea, and there's going to be some audio commentary, TV spots, all that good stuff. So if you need to get your hands on a Blu-ray copy, it will be out this September. That's on the 24th. So outside of that, man, that's pretty much the news that kind of caught my eye. Since I've been back, it's been real low-key. Like some of my nephew's birthday was over the weekend, so I didn't do a whole heck of a lot outside of family stuff, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about today's episodes for a couple different reasons. Oh yeah, well, shit, since I don't really have anything else to offer up myself, let's uh, get into the guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. All right, here we are. Guts and bolts. Who, what, all that good jazz went into this movie, spoiler free, before we start to talk about the movie and what we actually thought about it with all the spoilers. But God, let's see, start with a synopsis? Yeah. It's in the title? Pretty much, yeah. It's a killer ice cream man? I don't think that's a spoiler. Like, they don't no. do anything to hide it. Exactly, and then that's not a spoiler at all. If you've seen the cover for the film, then it's already implied. A group of kids has to deal with there being a killer ice cream man in their neighborhood. Essentially. That's, I mean, that's the bare bones of it. I can't think of any other way to really describe this movie. That's <laughs> It'll make a lot more sense in the next section on why we say that, too. I know that there's some really interesting names attached to this. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, Like, um, if you haven't heard of this before, <laughs> maybe... Fuck, the director alone is interesting oh enough to gosh, fucking... Man. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, from week to week, we do like to talk, of course, about the cast and crew. This week, we'll start off with the crew and our director. Now, this gentleman is Paul Norman, and for this film, he is known as Norman Epstein because I think his full name is Paul Norman Epstein, I believe. I think so. Yeah. So, anywho, this is an actual foray into mainstream movies because prior and post, he is known for being a pornographic director. 
So all you have to do is do a little IMDb, a little database search, and check out all the films that he's done. Ooh, one really famous one, in my opinion. Yeah. Edward Penis Hands. Dude, one, two, and three. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. I did see that he also directed American Pie, but this is the 1995 and not right. the uh, latter 1990s one that we're all familiar with. Intercourse with the Vampire, one and two. A lot of anal things, I noticed. Yeah, and looks like the last video that he directed is called Sperm Bitches. So, <laughs> for those who are curious. <laughs> um, I think besides this, he might have directed like one cartoon for the mainstream as well. Yeah, you're right, but it's also, no, it's actually pornographic. Is it a pornographic it cartoon? Is. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I know that I know what you're talking about because yeah. he did a Three Musketeers cartoon, but he also did a live action pornographic Three Musketeers. The animated one, but the I animated looked at one it, is also pornographic. pornographic. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, was I like, thought it might be shit. mainstream. It's not. No, it's okay. not. I was thinking that too. I was like, well, maybe <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. That's even funnier then. <laughs> it really is. Okay, so moving on, we have two writers. One gentleman, this is his only credit, and that gentleman is Sven Davison. And the other gentleman is David Dobkin. Now, he's known for writing the screenplays for such films as Jack the Giant Slayer, R.I.P.D., which is the Rest and Police Department, and King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Now, he's actually a director and producer, which he's probably more well-known for now. I kind of dug R.I.P.D. Anyway. Now, some of the things that he's directed. Now, he started off doing some music videos for such artists as Digital Underground and Tupac. Those videos were uh, Keep Your Head Up for Tupac and oh, I Get Around. Shit. He's done Coolio's 1234, Something New. He's also the director of Wedding Crashers, Shanghai Nights, Fred Claus... He's also the director for the upcoming, or at least it's been announced, Wedding Crashers Part 2. And he's also oh. the producer on all those films I'd mentioned earlier that he helped co-write. All right, so moving along, we have a cinematographer, and that gentleman is Garrett Griffin. He's known for the film Lion Strike, which if you're a fan of like late 80s, early 90s karate films, it stars Don the Dragon Wilson. If you're familiar with him. <laughs> and he's also known for the television series CSI Miami from 2007 through 2008. Our editor on this film is Andre Valencourt, and he's known for editing the film The Random Factor and 14 episodes of the television series Modern Marvels from 1999 through 2003, which I've seen a few episodes. Not a bad show. Right. Our music was composed by Richard Lyons. He has helped compose the music for such films as Monster High, the film Guns, the film Do or Die, and the film Hard Hunted. The special effects was done by Mark Gabarino's Funhouse Makeup Effects. They helped with the special makeup effects, of course, on this film. It was produced by Paul Norman. He went under the alias Norman Epstein. And production companies, we have Double Steam Productions. They help present. And David M. Goldstein Productions as well. Distributors were Apex Entertainment. They helped with the 1997 USA VHS release. And, oh, yeah, straight to video. Yeah, right? straight to video. And Artistry Home Entertainment also helped with the VHS release here in the States. All right, the release date was May 9th. 1995 that was its video premiere it had an estimated budget of two million dollars which i'm sure a lot of that was drug money <laughs> <laughs> and uh i did actually have two taglines for this film believe it or not the first one i have is not every day is a happy 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 day that's awesome and the second one i have is i scream you scream we all scream for the ice cream man <laughs> 
right, so that pretty much rounds out the crew. Our cast, believe it or not, are some familiar faces and some pretty big names, which is fucking blows my mind. All right. Fucking funny. So because there's a shit ton of people, I wanted to kind of highlight the people who were pretty much, you know, the ones that we really want to talk about. The so, big name Ice Cream Man. Yeah, so it's played by Clint Howard. Of course, he plays the Ice Cream Man. His character's name is Gregory Tudor in this. Now, Best known for being Ron Howard's brother. Yeah, everybody should know that by this point. <laughs> so if you've seen a Ron Howard film, you've probably seen Clint because he likes to cast his brother in these films. Some of those include like Apollo 13. He was also in Rock and Roll High School. He's known for being in The Waterboy. For whatever reason, if you haven't seen that, check it out. He was also in the film Evil Speak, the film Ticks. He's in a film you've seen upwards to 80 times, That Thing You Do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's also in Rob Zombie's Halloween, and he's in the upcoming Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Now, he's been in a shit ton of television series. He started off when he was two years old. He was known for being in the show The Gentle Ben, or Gentle Ben, when he was like seven. So he's been in the film industry for a very long time. All right, so the next actor I have is Sondel Bergman. She plays the role of Marion Casera in this film. Now, I've known her. <laughs> Golden Globe winner. I know, what the fuck? Right? Saturn Award winner. It's crazy. Now, she was in Conan the Barbarian. She was also in the film Red Sonia. She was in the film Hell Comes, Comes to, to Frog Town, Town and the film She. So when I saw her, I was like, man, she looks super familiar. And then I started seeing those credits. I was like, are you serious? Xanadu. Yeah, Xanadu is another big one, too. So a lot of uh, fantasy derivative films, which is really cool. All right. The next actress I have is Andrea Evans. She plays the role of Wanda. She's like the sultry redhead in this film. <laughs> Now, she is known for being in such films as A Low Down, Dirty Shame. She was also a part of the television series Passions from 2000 through 2008, which I actually used to watch. And she's also more recently been in the television series The Bay from 2017 through 18. Now, she's also been in, like, Bold and the Beautiful and Days of Our Lives. Yeah, stuff like that. So some soap operas as well. All right. uh, The next actor I have is Steve Garvey. He plays the role of Mr. Spodak. Now, a lot of people might not know him for his acting because he's actually a professional athlete. He was the first baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm not a big baseball guy. I never would have recognized him from there. Yeah, he won a couple of uh, World Series with him, too, so that's kind of cool. But uh, some of his acting credits actually include such things as Fantasy Island. I believe he was in an episode of that from 1978. He was also in Baywatch from 1993. And more recently... The Sandlot Part 2. Oh. Yeah. I've never seen that. I probably won't for various reasons. All right. So the next actress I have is actually somebody we've talked about before, and that actress is Olivia Hussey. She plays the role of Nurse Wharton. And the reason why we've talked about her before is because for our past Christmas episode, we reviewed Black Christmas, and she was in that. She was also in the film Romeo and Juliet way back in like 1968. She was also in the films Death on the Nile. And she was in the TV miniseries It from 1990. Yeah. That was really cool. All right. Next actor I have is David Naughton. He plays the role of Martin Cassera. And the reason I'm bringing him up is because if you've ever seen American Werewolf in London, he plays pretty much the lead role in that. He's also been in such films as Hot Dog, the movie. He was in Steel and Lace, and he was also in Body Bags. There was a segment of that he was in, but he's also done a lot of television work as well. Kind of um, episodes here and there from different things. 
It's kind of neat. All right. Uh, the next actor I have is Jan Michael Vincent. He plays the role of Detective Gifford in this. Jan Quadrant Vincent, That's 16. So funny, man. <laughs> now, he was in like the early 70s movie The Mechanic. He was also in Bite the Bullet. And a lot of people might know him for the television series Airwolf from 1984 through 1986. Or now from being referenced on Rick and Morty. That's pretty funny, isn't it? And he's also in the film Buffalo 66, which I really enjoy. That's actually a really good film. All right. The next actor I have is David Warner. He plays the role of Reverend Langley. And holy shit, how the fuck is he in this film? (laughs) He's been in so, so, so fucking much shit. So much cool shit that we grew up with. Yeah. However, uh, if I had to pick out one thing that he will always be to me, it'll be Professor Jordan Perry from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the The Ooze. Ooze, dude. (laughs) No, I also saw that he was in Doctor Who. Yep. As well, which is really cool. But so, uh, I think the episode Cold War, if I remember, I'll, huh. I'll look it up real quick, nice, which dude. like five other people we've talked about in the past have also been on. Go figure, yeah. right? So some of yeah, his... Cold War. Nice, dude. Some of his early roles... Now, he went uncredited for this movie, but I wanted to bring it up because I can't bring it up enough. And that is the film Straw Dogs. He was also in the film The Omen. That was like the original Omen. Right. He was also in the film Time Bandits. He was in the film Tron. I know a film that you like. He was in The Company of Wolves. A 1980s film I used to watch a lot. I don't know if we'll ever... That movie's good. But this film, I don't know if we'll ever review it, but I want to bring it up because it's actually worth checking out. It's a film called My Best Friend is a Vampire. Mm. I used to watch the shit out of that film in the 80s. He's also in the film Waxwork. He was in Star Trek Parts 5 and 6 and a lot of like the variations of the television series. You had mentioned uh, TMNT2, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Tron? Yeah. He's the voice for the fucking Master Control Program. crazy, dude. (laughs) He was in Twin Peaks, a television series back in 1991. He was also in the film Body Bags. He's in the film In the Mouth of Madness, which you brought up. Titanic, Scream Part 2, and he's still acting. He's got like, what, 200 plus something odd credits to his name. So we could literally talk about this gentleman all day. All right, now I'm going to move over to some of the actual kids in the film. Okay. (laughs) All right, so the first person I'm actually going to talk about is... Because they're technically really important to this movie. (laughs) Yeah, they really are, even though some of them don't really have a lot of roles. All right, the first one I'm going to talk about is Justin Isfield. He plays the role of Johnny Spodak in this film. He has the older brother towards the end of the film. It kind of helps out. Oh, okay. All right, now the reason I bring him up is because if you've ever seen, coincidentally enough, any of the American Pie films... Not the pornos, but the one with uh, the pie fucker. Right. Ironically enough, he plays the role of MILF guy, and he does play Justin. Wait, he's the MILF guy? Yeah, he's the MILF guy number one. Because I'm pretty sure there's some graffiti in this movie that says MILF. It doesn't surprise me. Like, there's too many coincidences in this film. But he literally is known for being in American Pie, Part 2, Wedding, and Reunion. So he's been in like almost all of them. So moving along, we have actress Andy McAfee, and she plays the role of Heather Langley in the film. Now, some of the stuff that she's known for, believe it or not, she's done a lot of voice acting, and a lot of stuff involves video games, such as Mortal Kombat X, which I was talking about off-air a little while ago. She's also voiced some stuff for The Land Before Time. Who did she voice in Mortal Kombat? It just says various. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, she was also voiced... 
for pound puppies saint row like i said uh some really cool stuff just mostly cartoons a lot of video games stuff like that so even though you might not see her in front of the camera you've probably heard her voice outside of that all right so moving along some of the other kids in this is jojo adams he plays tuna casera there's mikey lebeau he plays small paul there's also matthew mccurley he plays the young gregory tudor which is of course clint howard's character and uh the guy I was talking about earlier, Cole Mackinnon, he plays the brother to uh, Johnny, and he's been in some pretty interesting stuff. People might know him because he played the character Richard in The Walking Dead from 2016 through 2017. He was also Inspector Randy Hollister in Twin Peaks from 2017. He's also in Joe Dirt as Cop at Bridge. And for those who have seen The Prince's Diaries, he was the climbing manager, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. All right, kind of moving along. There's a couple of other actors that, that was kind of neat in this. Uh, they've got some interesting roles. I didn't know how much I wanted to talk about them, but it's kind of like the Laughing Doctor and oh yeah, and the the other Doctor. Yeah, and now they've been in some interesting films, but they're mostly like kind of just extra characters. Okay, nothing too major. One of those gentlemen is Ed Morgan. The other gentleman is E. E. Bell. Cole S. Mackey plays Ice Cream King. He's known for being a stuntman, and he's got a shit ton of credits to his name. I thought it was kind of neat. But outside of that, there's a lot of other characters. A lot of this is like their only credit, small stuff. I didn't think it was really warranted because we'd be talking about these people all day. But Not like getting Sandal Bergman for like two minutes of the yeah, movie. At, at best, which is kind of neat. It's still worth mentioning her. Yeah. It's a good figure. But like I said, it's a star-set of cast, ironically enough. There's a lot of kids in it, and now this is a little bit of trivia, but Ron Howard said because of the director, there are some pornographic actors and actresses in the background that you might recognize. <laughs> so there's that as That's well. That's funny. Yeah, so... Like said, I looked through his filmography. I'm like, do I recognize any of his films? And I'm like, Edward Penis Hands. And then there was a couple others where I'm like, I don't recognize it, but that's really funny because it's a good pun title. But... I do. When I started looking at those credits, like, are you serious? This makes so much sense. <laughs> All right. So you gave us this brief synopsis. We talked about our cast and crew. We should give you some warnings for this film. Oh, warnings. I mean, I guess there's blood and disgustingness. I'm, I'm yeah. just going to say in general, sort of weird, like food-related disgustingness, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, because it involves ice cream and whatnot. A little bit of language, not much. Not much. Like I said, um, some action, a little bit of gore, some blood. Sexual themes. There's definitely sexual themes. There's a lot of innuendo in this there's film. a lot of innuendo. But nothing, like, too upfront, especially yeah. coming from a porn director. Considering, yeah. It's family-friendly for 1995, other than maybe a little bit of the gore towards the end. Yeah. Even in those moments, it's not bad. I mean, it's It's kind of tame. It's lighthearted throughout, I would say. It's kind of weird. It's weird thinking about that. (laughs) But you're right. This one, yeah, I mean, it's kind of right down the middle. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of know what you're going to get. God, let's just get into it so we can fucking talk about ice cream. How does that make you squeal? Ice cream man. Yeah, 1995's Ice Cream Man. Who's going to bring me ice cream, Mommy? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so what's your history with this movie to start with? Fucking don't die. I know, You're I'm the one that to. brought this. <laughs> Hitting some fucking Powder Hound. It's Jack H mixed with a mystery bud. Dude, it's doing it. So my history with this film is I didn't see it in the 90s. I actually caught it somewhere in the later part of the 2000s. I knew about this film, 
but I always avoided it because I always thought it was going to be schlocky. So long story short, a friend of mine and oh, I... Oh, well, it is. I mean, it super is, but I mean, not in a bad way, really. I was thinking it was going to be like ridiculous. Bad. Yeah. yeah. So Not fun. No, exactly. Exactly. So we watched this probably like in 2008, eight nine somewhere around there. And even back then, it was like, ah, it, it is kind of schlocky. I mean, it really is. But there was a couple of moments where I thought I'd remembered them, and then I was excited because we were going to review it so I could talk about them. But then something happened, and I'll talk about it later on. But my history, I've known about this film for a while, but within the last 10 years or so, I finally got to watch it. So I've only seen it maybe once or twice. So I'm pretty positive that this was one of those movies that I accidentally caught while trying to watch softcore porn on Showtime at fucking 3 in the morning. (laughs) Been there. If if it was ever shown on Showtime, then I definitely saw this there for the first time. But I realized that I might have seen it on Monster Vision back in the day, too. I'm not positive now. Understandable, yeah. Which of my memories is true. But I saw this movie like back in the 90s. Nice, dude. However, I hadn't really seen it since. I'd maybe seen a clip here or there, or just a little bit, a few minutes worth. But at the time... This is a weird one, because it's not quite so bad it's good. Right. I know what you're saying. But it still sort of hits those same buttons, you know what I mean? It certainly does. That was one of those things I was thinking after watching it the first time through, was like... <laughs> it's not like man. Miami Connection so bad no, it's good. No, 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 no. <laughs> it does have those beats, though, that kind of falls into that, that cliche or maybe that trope. I guess it's unintentionally funny. It really is. You could consider this a comedy. You really could. I think they were trying to play it, for the most part, pretty straight. You know what I mean? But they were also trying to make it lighthearted. Like, this is kind of the kids' version, which they set up in the beginning when they're talking about the two different versions of the Pied Piper. Yeah. And the kids are like, yeah, the kids get away. The kids always get away. And it kind of sets you up for the rest of the movie. Now, granted, (laughs) it's funny thinking about this. Which is giving this credit a lot for like a lot better writing than it really. That's what I was like. Considering the director, right, and what he worked on prior, and then having to like, all right, we actually got to film a film that doesn't involve sex and all this other stuff. So they actually use like clever devices like foreshadow, and almost like chuck off gun and stuff like that. No kids die. Yeah, just like the kids set up. So I'm saying there's a lot of foreshadowing, which is like, man, this is actually clever for. I thought it was a, a lot more film. clever than it really had any <laughs> right to be. Yeah. No, like I so said, this film, I wouldn't consider it terrible. I would say it's borderline, like almost, almost bad. But it's also borderline almost good. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I actually enjoy it. It's like, it's not one I would watch a whole heck of a lot, but I'm glad that we are talking about it for these reasons. So maybe like leading off, just even the way the film starts. It already has me with my very first question, right? Okay. Is you get that black and white, here's the ice cream man. And, and then the ice cream man gets killed in a gangland drive-by. Right. So my first question is, I was like, why was there a hit put out on the ice cream man or ice cream king? Oh, the ice cream king. Right. All right. No. Was it brittle? Brickle? Brickle. Right, right. Brickle. So, all right. Now, in hindsight, in retrospect, because we've watched it twice, it's like, well, the name King usually is like a kingpin name. <laughs> and then there is a newspaper article that you kind of see because the cops smash up the ice is that cream like shop. like the Plow King? And it said that it was in a drug-related 
So was he? He was the ice cream man, like they talk about in rap songs. <laughs> he was the dealer. He was the pusher. That's amazing, and I completely believe it in the world of this movie too. Right, because this movie is so fucking like, what is going on? It's awesome. Apparently, <laughs> when you hit like eighteen in this world, you become an idiot because yeah. all the adults in this movie are fucking dumb. Are dumb. <laughs> fucking dumb. I didn't Everybody's put a note down. Everybody's dumb. But I put there's a lot of incompetence in this film on <laughs> the adults. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. All right. So you get that. You get the gangland hit. You get the kid who's... Who's going to bring me ice cream mommy with a super dramatic score underneath? Yeah. Like the score itself does emphasize a lot of things. It gets a good score. Probably too good for the film, but you're right. It's good. That had me fucking... Especially the second time through had me rolling. Like Once I knew everything I was going to get in this movie anyway, and I was just sort of locked in for the ride, I was like, this... Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it might not get any better than this first moment, and it's still worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a, actually a really good opening. <laughs> it's it's bonkers. All right, so plodding along, you get the introduction of the kids, and Clint Howard, of course, is the ice cream man. And uh, Ooh, Okay, we have to start. We got to yeah. point this out from the get-go, right? Like, <laughs> Clint Howard looks like he shouldn't be around children ever. Dude. All right, <laughs> since you bring that up. For that matter, Ron doesn't anymore either. Oh, dude. They both have not aged gracefully one oh, bit. No. No, 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 they no, were no. both extremely cute children. Yeah. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Think I about mean, it. Like, fucking Clint with Gentle Ben, fucking Ron back on the Andy, Andy Griffith, Griffith show. Yeah, for sure. Like, they were both adorable children. They both <laughs> turned into kind of funny-looking adults. <laughs> yeah. And That's have funny. turned kind of into gremlins in their old age. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny. Super talented. You, you got to give him that. But you're right. It uh, makes you really worried for Bryce he, Dallas Howard. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny, man. Because of those characteristics, he fits these roles perfect, right? And so I was thinking this too. It's funny you bring that up because I didn't really want to say it too early. But I was like, it kind of makes sense, but it's also kind of fucked up if you think about it in this regard. I was like, this movie does give off some weird fucking pedophile vibes. But... Let's take a pin in that. I want to return to that. But, you know, it's like, that was one I want to talk about a little bit later on. But even starting off, not that it's pedo, but it's just, it's creepy, right? He has that raspy voice. He said he did that on purpose. He would yell down the freeway. On his way to... On the way to the set. He said usually for like a 20-minute drive. And by the time he gets there, it's all raspy, whatever. He even said that on Monster Vision, some of that stuff I watched. Yeah. It's cool. Oh, yeah. It worked. It's just weird. But it got and me good thinking, too. too. It got good me thinking. He fucking kills it. No, he's I great love him in, this. in this. I love him in this. He's great. I have no problems with him. He's a perfect kid. I love him in everything I see him in. I can't remember a time where I was disappointed by Clint, Clint Howard. Howard yeah, no. It's like, hell yeah. There's Clint. But it got me thinking, right? Growing up, we've all probably fell victim to the ice cream man and the ice cream jingle, right? Maybe this is reserved for later, but I, it's just got me thinking, like, when was the first time I remember chasing down an ice cream man? And what the fuck was I getting back then, too? Because that's a long time ago. So it got me thinking about that, too. Like, I wonder what Tyler's was and his first memories. 
Because I think every kid has a memory of the ice cream man to some man, extent. My, that's the thing. I'm from a super tiny town. We didn't really have an ice cream man. Oh, we had shit. the Schwanz. We had like the Schwanz man that would go around, and I think technically you could flag him down and get some shit. <laughs> but it was weird because it was more like he was doing deliveries. Gotcha. For like their pre-ordered business and shit. I think you could technically flag him down, but I was always too iffy about whether it was okay or not to ever actually do it <laughs> yeah i feel like we, like maybe visiting family one time down in san diego might have done it i don't fucking know though for sure like that was always something like i would see on tv and sort of wish that i could participate oh, damn. in. i was a little bit more fortunate because the neighborhood i lived in the ice cream man i mean you could hear that sucker from like several neighborhoods down like you knew he was getting close somebody's gonna say that i'm dumb and that i should have just fucking flagged down the schwans guy i'm positive about it but but i mean you know you're from a small town and you don't know if you see more than one person going after them maybe right right but it was hard to see more than one person in the town anyway <laughs> it's like no this is just sketchy right so anyway it got me thinking about that, right? And like, so I have a history with that, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But that's some of the initial impressions I got. It's like, all right, these kids are getting their regular shit. Then it gets into the Pied Piper story, which is kind of Wait, neat. The kids are getting their shit. The first kid doesn't pay. Oh, he doesn't say thank you or like has manners. Yeah, but oh, he yeah. also doesn't pay. <laughs> He's got it on the front. He's getting ice cream on the front. The, the other group of kids <laughs> give him, I didn't actually count it out, I should have, but they give him like. 75 cents total for what they all get Damn. and when you look at the prices like the fucking push pop that he got was a dollar by itself yeah so like, he's getting fucking stiff left and right like yeah but that's not his end goal <laughs> he's not in it for the money <laughs> but you're right there's a lot of shit man it, i even like some of the lingo the kids are using like we want some hard packs I'm like i don't ever remember saying i needed a hard pack for uh, ice yeah. cream it may, I mean, but I know what they're talking about. Yeah, as, as soon as I was like, I had to think about it for a second because I'm like, fucking, who the fuck calls it hard pack? Give me a scoop. Oh, no. Right? But I was like, I have You never, know what I mean when I'm asking yeah. for a scoop, two scoops. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, you're not sense. scooping soft serve. <laughs> it's funny, man. I have never heard anybody say that. But no. I knew what they meant. I knew what they meant, but I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Give me one scoop. Give me two scoops. Yeah, I just want scoops. I don't want hard packs or soft packs. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of funny. All right. The Pied Piper thing, I think, is where it set off the pedo vibe thing. Because it's like this janitor dude is just around poking up trash. And he starts creeping on the kids on the uh, merry-go-round. That was also creepy. That's what I'm saying. That's like, man, this is, this is this already starting is off. This not good. <laughs> starting off on the vibes, man. Well, and... <laughs> Even before that, the first scene with the ice cream man, he already has victims. Yeah, he's like scooping around shit. How long has he been getting away with shit? Yeah, well, let's see, that's the thing. We don't know from the time that he was institutionalized to when he got out and starting up the business and all that stuff. Well, it's implied, right? He's been at it for a bit. How long? And I don't know. Nobody seems to give a shit. No, well... The parents aren't worried about the kids going out until a kid finally disappears. Because it does seem like he doesn't give a shit. He'll kill anybody. Yeah, it's not a big deal. In fact, well, no kids get killed. So. Well, so that's the interesting thing because I kept expecting it. And there was another thing that I started noting too is like the back of the, his van. You would see it go from watch out for children to watch oh, out children. In the children. flashback, it's watch out for children. Yeah, and it happens. And then it's watch out children. In between, yeah, it happens throughout the film. And it's like, ah. Uh, it's like that's kind of alluding to the fact that there's danger, of course. 
it involves kids, but you're right. He never kills the kids, which is it's, it's neat. I like it, too, for those reasons. It's the thing that sort of makes the movie 1995 family-friendly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was some, just some I'm gonna weird point stuff. I'm going to point out, I was seven in 1995. I know what 1995 family-friendly is, because yeah, that's what I, I was watching all I, the time. And there was things with a little bit of an edge <laughs> like this. Yeah, it's it's it was a weird time period for... But because direct-to-video, you could do stuff like that. And uh, it gets a little dark. But it never gets... Not like, too it, dark. It's kind of the weird, like, killer clown sort of vibe. Yeah, certainly. And that's... For yeah, for a seven year old, I think I was like thirteen, fourteen back then. Yeah, I probably still didn't see it till I was at least eleven. But yeah. but I mean that's kind of like what it's geared towards. Right. Like, that's a perfect demographic for this film. Twelve, twelve. Keep it creepy probably as fuck. Yeah. Probably twelve. Nice, dude. Yeah. So, all right, getting the creep vibes from him. There was a note I made that I put down the pinwheels in this film. You know what it reminded me of. Hmm. was when we did Masters of Horror imprint because she would use the pinwheels as well. I was like, man, that's kind of a weird parallel. I didn't think that we'd be talking about there. At least I'd be thinking about that. But that's something it made me think of when I saw the pinwheels. It's implied that he's been killing for a bit. And we know that he's been boarding next to the nurse's place for a bit. Right. Why is it just now the dog fucking cares? That's a good point, man. I don't know. Other than it's convenient for the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a plot point. (laughs) And makes for a disgusting transition. Like, the dog was clearly fake going into the machine. But as it goes the into the machine and fucking transitions to the meatloaf coming out of the oven, I love eating meat. I do not like meatloaf. I think it is disgusting. That and was a complete meatloaf with a loaf of meat. That's like, that's a lot. That's a, for a dog, especially. That was... That disgusted me so much. Yeah, but you know, the thing is, it was a clever transitional shot, too. Like, it's ridiculous, but it works. I couldn't believe how much that transition disgusted me, though, from the obvious (laughs) fake dog just getting chewed up, and then just the meatloaf getting pulled out of the oven. I'm like, oh, I hate meatloaf. Yeah, no shit, right? Right, and that kind of gets into the parents, too, right? Like, being dumb. There's a lot of, uh, even the Dumb. beginning of the film with the kid running towards Clint Howard, right? And his mom's like chasing him down mm. for taking the $2 or whatever. It's weird. Anyway, some of my later notes, I suppose, were all the Converse shots. Did you notice that in this film or did you read anything about that? I didn't notice them the first time through. Then I read that what they helped fund the movie. Yeah, so. they helped sponsor this film. <laughs> it's like an so, advert for them <laughs> and so then i really noticed them the second time through and honestly a couple of the shots are some of the better shots in the movie <laughs> oh well they put their two cents in in their shoes that, that was funny but i didn't notice a lot of that stuff there was a couple of shots i did like in this film too was the scene where the kids are following the ice cream man to the cemetery okay yeah yeah and then you know he's like kind of talking to himself and the spirits around him but the way he sets out the ice cream cones on the grave, that I was, was like, that up. was pretty good. That's cr- that was creative. So did you, okay, I was going to bring this up later, but this is just too much of a weird little fun <laughs> parallel. Did you sort of view the ice cream man almost kind of like art, the he clown? Ca- he kind of is a little bit, yeah. Isn't he a little art, the clowny? Yeah. Except- <laughs> it made me think this too. This is funny that we're talking about ice cream man, because there's only one other ice cream man that I can think of that we've ever talked about, actually, and that was Reggie. Oh, right. Phantasm. And it made me think, it's like, well, this is Ooh. like the antithesis 
to what Reggie is. <laughs> He's a hero in his own right. Mm-hmm. And they're both rather balding. Yeah. And uh, they both have kids with them, too, which is weird. Mike, and he has small Paul. Competent kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird parallels, man. Oh, that's funny. Anyway. That's a weird thing, too, with small Paul in this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like it. I kind of... <laughs> Here's the thing. At the end of this movie, I'm like, ah. Because then I started reading about it and shit and doing all the, the research for this episode. And I saw that they had tried to crowdfund the fucking sequel at some yeah. point. They didn't make shit for it. Either. And they didn't get shit for it. And I'm like, oh, fucking why? Yeah, I want sad. a sequel so bad. And then I'm like, as I was watching through it the second time, I'm like, maybe I should just start like trying to write a fucking sequel. And I'm like, what would I do if I did a sequel to this? And I'm like, oh, well... They told the two versions of the fucking Pied Piper story. Yeah. And we got the kids' version, so I'd get the adult version. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that'd be gruesome, wouldn't it? Right? And then I'm like, I would treat it like Terrifier. Yeah. Hell yeah. That'd I would make good. Ice Cream Man super fucked up. You could make him very um, supernatural if you wanted to. I would do as best I can to just sort of set it in the same world as fucking Terrifier and just, he doesn't realize he's supernatural. He just comes back after getting sliced up at the end of this movie. And Damn. I mean, you could. You can play around with this a lot, but yeah. That was something I liked, like I said, with the cemetery. I thought that was really neat. The second one I liked too, which was... I know so that was one of those trivia. scenes that sort of just cemented that idea in. Where yeah. He's going through these weird little rituals. Right, because anyway. I mean, he is talking to spirits and... Uh, you know, he's doing a ritual of sorts. I was like, it's pretty neat. That's super fucking silly, but great. <laughs> it really is. A lot of this shit's silly. Second one was, they shot this, I believe, in Pasadena. It was that sanitarium. And they're walking through, and the cops are always got their hands on the gun, which I'll give them props for not, like, popping off earlier. But uh, they said all that stuff in there was already, like, written on the walls and stuff. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, so they just drove up there, and there it was. They shot inside of it. But apparently... Including the ball game scores? I, yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. That was, I like the way they did that. The director apparently like, is hanging on the wall in one of the scenes. So if you catch him, he's in one of those. But that was kind of a weird thing too. Is like They set up the original doctor who helped out Clint Howard, right? Looks like he got killed by the patient. Mm-hmm. You know, And they're just walking around the loony bin. They finally do pop off and then they ride off. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of a bizarre scene. I like it though. It's creepy. It's so fucking weird. It's, it's silly. It's super silly. And then they're just like, we'll report this when we get back, but this this isn't our business. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck was that, man? The cops throughout are funny, man. I like the guy who chews like the eyeball. Oh, yeah. And you're like, come on, man. <laughs> How do you not know? I was like, did Patrick take over? Yeah. <laughs> for this scene? It's good. I like it. It's silly. But it's like, come on, dude. They're not this dumb, are they? <laughs> Do you want us to buy you an ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the ice cream cone heads, the effects on those? Oh, those were dope. Yeah. Those were cool. I liked all of the, the severed head stuff. Yeah, it was really good. The cops was good. It, it didn't look the most realistic, but I liked the way it looked, if that makes sense. No. Like, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I thought that was really good, man. There is a really dark moment. I think pro- maybe almost Henry-esque. Okay. Was... Right after the kid's older brother, the one with the girlfriend and the photos. Oh. After his brother gets gone. First off, we need to talk about the fact that he's the biggest douche in this movie. (laughs) 
He really is. But then he gets like super logical, and then he fucks up, of course. Yeah. Which is weird. He goes through these different transitions. But you're right. He's like, but he's an he's asshole always, throughout. He's always dumping on Tuna. He's Dude, dumb, Tuna's man, the best. The Tuna's my boy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, immediately, without even thinking about this film, watching it, I was like, man, is that a fuck? Is that a pillow? You're putting underneath that kid? Come on, man. Oh, man. But he's, he's good. He does good in this film, that kid. And he's making fucking slutty McHobag sound like she's farting. Yeah. It's pretty funny. He can, like, pick his nose. <laughs> Dude, Tuna, Tuna was my boy. Yeah, he was good. He even ate the ice cream. He was down. Yeah? Anyway. <laughs> oh, where, fuck, well, fucking where were we? What were you talking about? <laughs> well, we were talking about the brother. The oh, older right. brother. Oh. Right. The fuck scene. The, brother. The, the dark scene. Yeah. All right. So the scene I thought was the darkest had a Henry feel to me was right after Clint Howard offs the older brother, comes back into the car with the jacket on. Mm-hmm. He's like, hi, you toots. And then it kind of slows down a little bit. And the kids are like freaking out in the backseat and the girlfriend gets it. I was like, that was fucking dark. He yanked her ass. <laughs> they dipped out. It was it was a little dark. I feel like this sounds weird to say, but I'm a huge fan of that kind of kill. Of the just spiking someone yeah. up through the bottom of the good. head. I don't know what it is about it, but that's just one that's always stuck out to me ever since I was a little kid. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, they did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> but I thought that was like super dark. And not too long after that, he starts to taunt the kids, which I thought was nice, too. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he does all that shit. I was like, that's good. I really like that. There's a bits like that. You do have to, of course, suspend your disbelief in this film because of one big bad reason. It involves tuna. It involves a grocery oh, store. Oh, his little grocery store getaway. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> that almost felt like some like weird level in a video game. Yeah, it really did, man. It's good. I mean, it gives you that sense, and the score emphasizes it it's odd when you watch a film like this because all the pieces fit too like the score is good some of the we talked about some of the editing's decent <laughs> even with the big name actors is like it's they don't do anything no but it kind of fits for what's going on so even though by the time it happens clint howard's been firmly established as being a killer and yeah, at least yeah. trying to prey on children as well did you end up feeling a bit bad when the police busted his fucking place up? Yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck these assholes. That was, those are some shit. big old dick moves, man. They're just swinging big dicks in there. <laughs> that, they didn't need to do that. But that's what revealed that newspaper clipping about the king mm-hmm. involving the drugs. It's like, oh, shit, that's fucking even weirder. <laughs> so anyway, I did feel bad for him because, honestly, what happened to his mom? Did his parents just give up on him? After he went into asylum? Yeah, What what's that all about, right? All we know is that, like you said, the nurse is boarding him up, and he's off doing his thing, and she's like the most odd character in this fucking movie, in my opinion. She's bonkers, too. I didn't notice how bonkers she was until the second time through, because I realized I missed a couple of the lines. Yeah. Where she was like actually treating his two lips like they were real and shit. Like, not like they're spinning <laughs> sunflowers. Yeah. It's like, whoo, yeah, they're on some I shit. thought, I realized like the first time through, I thought she was being nice because he's mental. Yeah. yeah. Then the second time through, I was like, oh no, she's not there and she's doing a great job of it. Yeah. It, like, she's the most odd character because of, I think it's the way she says her lines and, you know. Just the oddness to it. I do like where the kids are playing hide and seek. She does all that. She's pretty good in this film. She's silly. 
Clint Howard's handling of ice cream that he's serving to the public is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> that shit is hilarious. He's a little bit like, what's his name? Uh, Chris Elliott in Scary Movie 2. Yeah. <laughs> this is my germs. He's got that going. Oh, man. I was just like, oh, ooh. I'm not even as uptight about that shit as some people. And I'm still just like, like ooh, no. no, no, dude. Just sprinkle it on. You don't have to shove the fucking M&M's uh, in the side. Dude. Yeah. He had with like, no gloves. <laughs> he had small Paul ice cream like that, the brickle. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, dude, no. No. Like, even that. as a kid, it's like, I don't shape up the sides with your hands. <laughs> if you didn't get the perfect scoop, just leave that shit alone. It it's tastes okay. the same. Yeah, I was like, I'll take it. Fuck it. Yeah, so it's stuff like that. There is something, man. It had me giggling. It shouldn't have, but I thought it was funny. Was right after he offs the redhead, you know, because she's oh, yeah, the mistress. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he's doing the batter with Paul. Like, he's showing him how to, to mix the right amount. And then he goes off, and he's like... When he's sifting yeah. the fucking diaphragm? Dude. <laughs> I'll laugh I so hard. <laughs> honestly, I didn't catch The first time through, I'm like, what the fuck? And then I just didn't think about it. I'm like, whatever. She, uh, I didn't even necessarily put it together that it was like dissolved her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's just some <laughs> shit because he's had victims for fucking forever. The second time Dude. through, I'm like, because you see the earrings first. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she was wearing earrings. Oh, this is her. And then I'm like, the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> oh, dude, I laughed so hard. I was like, of course they would put a diaphragm in that. That is fucking hilarious. Yeah, so I laughed a lot more than I thought I was going to because of how silly that shit was. And it's stuff like that, man. I had to put that down. But yeah, the diaphragm, the ice cream batter. That was awesome. So somebody said, uh, I can't remember. It was a little bit before that. But somebody says it in a line. <laughs> and it just made me think of something, once again, more from our past. But... Do kids still up, end up on milk cartons? <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> Probably somewhere. Right? Somewhere has got you, right? I don't know where. I would think so. But I don't know. Where we work, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I, yeah, I've never seen no kid on no milk mm. carton. That's but I remember cool. that shit from when I was young. No kidding. Let's go ahead and go off on that tangent for a second. <laughs> Wasn't there that made-for-TV movie, The Face on the Milk Carton? Yeah, of course. This is something, that, now that you bring that up, man, as I remember, like, some of the inserts you get with newspapers, especially on the weekends, it would come on the back of magazines, it would always have pictures of missing kids and shit, and you would get those things weekly, and it's like, ungodly how many missing kids there are, so I would imagine, to some extent, whether it's on a carton or... Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got himself. Somebody got him. Somebody got him. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it's weird tangents, man, but yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird. Oh, man. So, <laughs> possibly the scariest thing in this entire movie in the dark, camera panning over the pictures of ice cream eaters in the hallway, and that creepy ass little girl eating ice cream. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> That's all I can say. That, I'm just, I just needed to bring it up. That's no, I, possibly the scariest thing in this movie. You're right. It is very creepy, man. That, that's all I can say about it. Fucking creepy picture. Good point. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I wish we would have got to see more of like the aftermath of him getting chopped up. You know, okay. There was a couple of things I wanted to bring up because of that. Like That was one moment I was expecting to be more than what we saw. Especially with how much it was played up throughout the entire movie. Exactly. It foreshadowed that something was going to happen in that anyway with the blades and yada yada. 
That's where I chop nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. The second point was there was something else between Clint Howard, Ice Cream Man, and the kid that played Small Paul with a giggle. All right. So before we did this film, I kept saying to myself, I was like, I can't wait for those scenes because of how ridiculous they are. And then when they got to them, there weren't what I remembered. And so I needed confirmation. So I texted my sister, Colleen. And I asked her, I was like, do you remember the film that this happened in? And she's like, oh, yeah, Ice Cream Man. Right? I was like, this is weird because I don't know how you feel about this, but they talk about the Mandela effect. Oh, yeah. I was like, I felt like that just happened to me with this film. <laughs> because there's this scene I recall, at least in my memory, of like the kid having a higher-pitched giggle, like he's giggling, and then he does an extra little up-pitched giggle. And it's wow. like, why are you doing that? And then the other one was with the vat. I was expecting Clint to come back out and then go back in and like, just fucking die already. <laughs> like that, And it never happened. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I remember these things. That's funny. But it wasn't this film. And That's I attributed funny. it to this film. So it's out there somewhere. Like we said, none of the kids get killed. Right. Small Paul's a bit fucked, but... Yeah, he is. Um, Which is weird. Like, where was his parents and stuff? Right. But... With the adults that died, which of these kids is left with a pretty shitty home life now? Yeah, that's a good point. Let's see. Who all got killed? So, if I'm not mistaken... Did Tuna's dad get killed? Tuna's dad, yes. David Naughton. He definitely got killed. Yeah, Tuna's dad got killed. <laughs> Alright, let's think about that. That girl, her family's good. The kid who plays Johnny, his brother got killed. Right, because Jacob got killed. And, and the girlfriend. And the girlfriend. But the parents are fine. Right, yep. Alright, so that kid's lost a brother. Alright, so. So Tuna's down a dad. So the two and boys. And Johnny's down a brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the girl, she's good. Like her family's the girl's good. good. Well, girl's not good because well, mom's speaking mom's in speaking. tongues. Yeah. Which is not the worst. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> How that did is we fucking skip weird. Over that? <laughs> I know. I'm glad you bring that up because the more I think about this film, the more shit's like, this is fucking ridiculous, but it's good. They're talking points. But you're right. She's speaking to, like, was it Archangel Gabriel? <laughs> like, what? what? And Warner's character is the Reverend. Yeah. Who's... Were you expecting the, the girl to be underneath the covers when they checked on her? No. No, I thought she wasn't going to be there. I didn't either. I was like, I thought, that, I was thought that was going to be when, like, shit was going to freak out. Yeah, but they didn't. I was like, all right, they didn't go there. That was good. I kind of like that, though. Yeah, so her family's good, but... Not good. But in a Christian weird way. <laughs> yeah, for really weird. Uh, yeah, anyhow. Yeah, you're right. She's a little ashamed about that stuff. Who else was there? Paul the Reverend seems to be a little bit of a dick. Yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. That's two days of shooting. That's all he did had to do. <laughs> so those three kids, they invited... Was it Johnny into the club? So... It mm-hmm. was small Paul. We know he's fucked. Who else was it? Why Tuna, do you, Johnny? If he's locked girl. up in asylum, why is why is he giving shit to make up more ice cream? I, yeah, I mean it's setting up a sequel. Unless he's like really but... good at it, and everyone's just like, <laughs> I mean, oh, he keep did... making that shit, son. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't learn, right? He yeah. learned from one of the best that he knew, from the king and the prince. Yeah, but it requires a special ingredient. Well. He's experimenting on Honestly, small stuff. Honestly, if I were to do a sequel, I would forget that whole shit. I want more Clint Howard as Ice Cream Man. Yeah, I would too. Like, I would rule out the kid. I mean, not that I didn't like that, but it's just like, uh It's not as exciting to no, me it's, as, it's not. as Clint Howard. As, I would much rather have Clint around. Kind of almost like a Willard character. 
mm-hmm. but like some more powerful like art that'd be awesome <laughs> i just want a really fucking dark sequel to this <laughs> it's a possibility dude i want it played straight like super dark pedophile child killer <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah i mean why not dude it's a film i mean it's not real life right yeah well like i've said a couple times now like the movie sets it up we got the kids version of the pied piper yeah let's get the fucked up version <laughs> let's get where the kids let's are get getting... the unearthed <laughs> the kids are getting drowned just like the rats that'd be awesome fuck that's... all those cockroaches bring more rats in let's really reinforce this <laughs> I mean, you're right. This could get really like, super dark because, I mean, it lends its hand to that. It already has. And how many people are willing to go there? I'm willing to go there. <laughs> Let's kill kids. <laughs> Put it on the film. I think Slaughtered that, children on film. There comes a point in this film where it feels like that's what he's doing. Like, he's getting these kids, but he's really getting the adults. I mean, plain yeah. and simple. Just using there, the kids as no bait. There's no proof that he's ever actually gotten a child, I think. No, not that I've seen, at least to this point in the film. It's like he uses them as bait, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the flip side, get dark with it. <laughs> yeah, do it with Clint. With old man Clint. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that'd be wild. Bring man. in Ron. <laughs> <laughs> He's a director. He knows. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting, man. But overall, overall for this film, I was thinking... Right. <laughs> Make Ron direct. Let <laughs> <laughs> me weird with it. We've done a lot of films to this point, right? And I was thinking, this isn't one I would consider bad, but it tinkers on it. But there's some really good redeeming qualities that makes it kind of good, too. <laughs> like, yeah. more so than bad. I think in just, in almost all categories, there's movies that I would recommend above this. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Whether it's for the campiness or whatnot, you know what I mean? But it's still notable. Yeah, for sure. And like the ones I would recommend above it, there's a good chance that people have already seen at some point. So <laughs> yeah. if you need another movie kind of like that, if you need a movie that's kind of fun, like Killer Clowns, yeah, yeah, this movie sure. is kind of like that. It really is. If Or like it's kind of the same kind of fun as Critters, even though yeah. it's not the same kind of movie at all. No, but it fits in that camp. It certainly mm-hmm. does, man. It's like a party movie. It would be really fun to watch with a group of friends. Oh, absolutely. You know? This would be fun for like an experience at the Roxy. Like I think it would be Roxy. Well. Ice Cream Man Roxy. I think it would kill there, man. <laughs> It'd be awesome to see that shit there. And then go across the street and get some big dipper. Yeah, no doubt, right? Some ice cream. That's perfect. Perfect night. I'd have to pitch that to them. <laughs> right? Shit. No, I'm so glad that we fucking watched this. Yeah. It was a fun one, man. I know it's one we've talked about kind of off air and because of Clint Howard. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> We're both like, let's do some Clint. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I'm glad, too, because this is one, too, like I said, that I remembered it because of certain scenes, of course. But there was also that, for me, the Mendel effect was like, oh. I was, that didn't it, happen. That didn't happen. But I was like, when it got to those scenes, I was like, oh, I was expecting it. But maybe that's a different film. <laughs> but anyhow, I really do enjoy this film. It is campy. It's fun. I would probably let my nephews watch this because... They're not going to get some of the humor, which a lot of it, we talked about those innuendos, especially with uh, about, uh, the red Hard heads. pack for uh, custard pie. <laughs> yeah, creamsicle or custard yeah. pie. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that, which I thought was funny. So it's just things like that. Like, there's some good cheese. It's, uh, for me, I giggled a lot because of how silly this shit was. And silly in a good way. Like, it's ridiculous, but it made me laugh. It's mm-hmm. like it has... 
it has that 80s, but it's set in the 90s feel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which is perfect for this era of throwback. Yeah, it is fun, man. It's it's really fun. I recommend it for those who haven't seen it, need something a little bit more on the light side, but still kind of gives you, like I said, some atmosphere a little bit. There are, like I said, some little bit of darkness, a little bit of weirdness, but overall, not, yeah, it's it's a little bit more it's on the light side. It's not the version I want to make, so don't no, worry about no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it can be a lot more dark. But uh, overall, a fun film. Like I said, it's fun to talk about Clint. I couldn't believe all the other people in it. It's like, what the fuck are they doing in this? <laughs> Yep, that's about all I got. Yeah, it was fun, man. Well, hopefully, almost assuredly, next week we'll be doing Swamp Thing. Yeah, hell yeah. We'll come up with a backup just in case for some reason it still falls through again so that you guys don't miss out on an episode, but be expecting that. And I'm excited to get back to some more Wes Craven (laughs) and one of my favorite comic book characters, Swamp Thing. Nice. And with a guest who puts my comic book knowledge to shame. Well, that's going to be fun. There's a good chance it might end up being our straight-up nerdiest episode ever of Fried Squirms, and maybe the one least about the actual movie, but we'll see how the conversation actually ends up playing out. It'll be fun, because it involves all of it, the comic book world, the movie world, television world. It's just something that's colliding more and more these days, so why not know more about it? Yeah, it'll be fun. Plus, I just fucking love Swamp Thing. But in order to keep listening to us, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us. You can always head over to our website, www.fridesworms.com, where there's other ways to listen to us up at the top. You can always stream the latest episode down at the bottom, access through all of our archive in the middle, as well as portals to our Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. You can contact us through the website or by hitting us up, squirmcast at gmail.com, and it would be awesome if you did that, like all of that. That would be sweet. No doubt. And like you said, we like suggestions, recommendations. If you need some eyeballs on some films, let us know. Always up for that, too. So, yeah, always up for feedback. We like hearing from our fans. We like saying hello. Shit. That's it. So, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms. Oh. Oh.